Chapter 4, verses 1 through 8 of Catina Aurea, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Theophylact. Christ is tempted after his baptism, showing us that after we are baptized, temptations await us. Hence it is said, But Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, etc. Cyril. God said in times past, My spirit shall not always abide in men, for that they are flesh. But now that we have been enriched with the gift of regeneration by water and the Spirit, we are become partakers of the divine nature by participation of the Holy Spirit. But the firstborn among many brethren first received the Spirit, who himself also is the giver of the Spirit, that we through him might also receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. Origin. When therefore you read that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, and it is written in the Acts concerning the Apostles that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, you must not suppose that the Apostles were equal to the Savior. For as if you should say, these vessels are full of wine or oil, you would not thereby affirm them to be equally full. So Jesus and Paul were full of the Holy Spirit, but Paul's vessel was far less than that of Jesus, and yet each was filled according to its own measure. Having then received baptism, the Savior being full of the Holy Spirit, which came upon him from heaven in the form of a dove, was led by the Spirit, because as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. But he was above all, especially the Son of God. Bede that there might be no doubt by what spirit he was led, while the other evangelists say, into the wilderness. Luke has purposely added, and he was led by the spirit into the wilderness for forty days, that no unclean spirit should be thought to have prevailed against him, who was being full of the Holy Spirit, did whatever he wished. Greek Expositor, but if we order our lives according to our own will, how was he led about unwillingly? Those words, then, he was led by the Spirit, have some meaning of this kind. He led of his own accord that kind of life that he might present an opportunity to the tempter. Basil, for not by word provoking the enemy, but by his actions rousing him, he seeks the wilderness, for the devil delights in the wilderness. He is not wont to go into the cities. The harmony of the citizens troubles him. Ambrose. For he was led, therefore, into the wilderness, to the intent that he might provoke the devil. For if the one had not contended, the other, it seems, had not conquered. In a mystery it was to deliver that Adam from exile who was cast out of paradise into the wilderness. By way of example, it was to show us that the devil envies us whenever we strive after better things, and that then we must use caution, lest the weakness of our minds should lose us the grace of the mystery. Hence it follows, and he was tempted of the devil. Cyril, 
behold he is among the wrestlers who as god awards the prizes he is among the crowned who crowns the heads of the saints gregory our enemy was however unable to shake the purpose of the mediator between god and men for he condescended to be tempted outwardly yet so that his soul inwardly resting in its divinity remained unshaken origin but jesus is tempted by the devil forty days and what the temptations were we know not they were perhaps omitted as being greater than could be committed to writing basil or the lord remained for forty days untempted for the devil knew that he fasted yet hungered not and dared not therefore approach him hence it follows and he eat nothing in those days he fasted indeed to show that he who would gird himself for struggles against temptation must be temperate and sober ambrose there are three things which united together conduce to the salvation of man the sacrament the wilderness fasting no one who has not rightly contended receives a crown but no one is admitted to the contest of virtue except first being washed from the stains of all his sins he is consecrated with the gift of heavenly grace gregory nazianzus he fasted in truth forty days eating nothing for he was god but we regulate our fasting according to our strength although the zeal of some persuades them to fast beyond what they are able basil but we must not however so use the flesh that through want of food our strength should waste away nor that by excess of mortification our understandings wax dull and heavy our lord therefore once performed this work but during this whole succeeding time he governed his body with due order and so in like manner did moses and elias chrysostom but very wisely he exceeded not their number of days lest indeed he should be thought to have common appearance only and not to have really received the flesh or lest the flesh should seem to be something beyond human nature ambrose but mark the mystical number of days for you remember that for forty days the waters of the deep were poured forth and by sanctifying a fast of that number of days he brings before us the returning mercies of a calmer sky by a fast of so many days also moses earned for himself the understanding of the law our fathers being for so many days settled in the wilderness obtained the food of angels augustine now that number is a sacrament of our time and labor in which under christ's discipline we contend against the devil for it signifies our temporal life for the periods of years run in courses of four but forty contains four tens again those ten are completed by the number one successively advancing on to four more this plainly shows that the fast of forty days i e the humiliation of the soul the law and the prophets have consecrated by moses and elias the gospel by the fast of our lord himself basil but because not to suffer hunger is above the nature of man our lord took upon himself the feeling of hunger and submitted himself as it pleased him to human nature both to do and to suffer those things which were his own hence it follows 
and those days being ended, he was a hungered. Not force to that necessity which overpowers nature, but as if provoking the devil to the conflict. For the devil, knowing that wherever hunger is, there is weakness, sets about to tempt him. And as the deviser or inventor of temptations, Christ permitting him tries to persuade him to satisfy his appetite with the stones. As it follows, But the devil said unto him, If thou art the Son of God, command these stones that they be made bread. Ambrose, there are three especial weapons which we are taught the devil is wont to arm himself with, that he may wound the soul of man. One is of the appetites, another of boasting, the third ambition. He began with that wherewith he had already conquered, namely Adam. Let us then beware of the appetite, let us beware of luxury, for it is a weapon of the devil. But what mean his words, if thou art the Son of God, unless he had known that the Son would come, but supposed him not to have come from the weakness of his body? He first endeavors to find him out, then to tempt him. He professes to trust him as God, then tries to deceive him as man. Origin. When a father is asked by his son for bread, he does not give him a stone for bread, but the devil, like a crafty and deceitful foe, gives stones for bread. Basil. He tried to persuade Christ to satisfy his appetite with stones, i.e. to shift his desire from the natural food to that which was beyond nature or unnatural. Origin. I suppose also that even now, at this very time, the devil shows his stone to men that he may tempt them to speak, saying to them, Command this stone to be made bread. If thou seest the heretics devouring their lying doctrines as if they were bread, know that their teaching is a stone which the devil shows them. Basil. But Christ, while he vanquishes temptation, banishes not hunger from our nature, as though that were the cause of evils, which is rather the preservation of life, but confining nature within its proper bounds, shows of what kind its nourishment is, as follows. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, Theophylact. As if he said, Not by bread alone is human nature sustained, but the word of God is sufficient to support the whole nature of man. Such was the food of the Israelites when they gathered manna during the space of forty years, and when they delighted in the taking of quails. By the divine counsel, Elias had the crows to entertain him. Elisha fed his companions on the herbs of the field. Cyril, or our earthly body is nourished by earthly food, but the reasonable soul is strengthened by the divine word, to the right ordering of the spirit. Gregory Nazianzus, for the body nourishes not our immaterial nature. Gregory Nazianzus, Virtue, then, is not sustained by bread, nor by flesh does the soul keep itself in health and vigor. But by other banquets than these is the heavenly life fostered and increased. The nourishment of the good man is chastity. His bread, wisdom, his herbs, justice, his drink, freedom from passion, his delight, to be rightly wise. Ambrose. You see then what kinds of arms he uses to defend man against the assaults of spiritual wickedness and the allurement of the appetite. 
he does not exert his power as god for how had that profited me but as man he summons to himself a common aid that while intent upon the food of divine reading he may neglect the hunger of the body and gain the nourishment of the word for he who seeks after the word cannot feel the want of earthly bread for divine things doubtless make up for the loss of human at the same time by saying man lives not by bread alone he shows that man was tempted that is our flesh which he assumed not his own divinity verses five through eight and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and the devil said unto him all this power will i give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever i will i give it if thou therefore wilt worship me all shall be thine and jesus answered and said unto him get thee behind me satan for it is written thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve theophylact the enemy had first assailed christ by the temptation of the appetite as also he did adam he next tempts him with the desire of gain or covetousness showing him all the kingdoms of the world hence it follows and the devil taking him up gregory what marvel that he permitted himself to be led by the devil into the mountains who even endured to be crucified in his own body theophylact but how did the devil show him all the kingdoms of the world some say that he presented them to him in imagination but i hold that he brought them before him in visible form and appearance theophylact pause or the devil described the world in language and as he thought brought it vividly before our lord's mind as though it were a certain house ambrose truly in a moment of time the kingdoms of this world are described for here it is not so much the rapid glance of sight which is signified as it is declared the frailty of mortal power for in a moment all this passes by and oftentimes the glory of this world has vanished before it has arrived it follows and he said unto him i will give thee all this power titus he lied in two respects for he neither had to give nor could he give that which he had not he gains possession of nothing but is an enemy reduced to fight ambrose for it is elsewhere said that all power is from god therefore from god's hands comes the disposal of power the lust of power is from the evil one the power is not itself evil but he who evilly uses it what then is it good to exercise power to desire honor good if it is bestowed upon us not if it is seized we must distinguish however in this good itself there is one good use of the world another of perfect virtue it is good to seek god it is a good thing that the desire of becoming acquainted with god should be hindered by no worldly business but if he who seeks god is from the weakness of the flesh and the narrowness of his mind often tempted how much more is he exposed who seeks the world we are taught then to despise ambition because it is subject to the power of the devil but honor abroad is followed by danger at home and in order to rule others a man is first their servant and prostrates himself in obedience that he may be rewarded with honors and the higher he aspires the lower he bends with feigned humility whence he adds 
if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Surreal. And dost thou, whose lot is the unquenchable fire, promise to the Lord of all that which is his own? Didst thou think to have him for thy worshiper, from dread of whom the whole creation trembles? Origin. Or to view the whole in another light, two kings are earnestly contending for a kingdom. The king of sin, who reigneth over sinners, that is the devil. The king of righteousness, who ruleth the righteous, that is Christ. The devil, knowing that Christ had come to take away his kingdom, shows him all the kingdoms of the world, not the kingdoms of the Persians and of the Medes, but his own kingdom, whereby he reigned in the world, whereby some are under the dominion of fornication, others of covetousness. And he shows him them in a moment of time, that is, in the present course of time, which is but a moment in comparison of eternity. For the Savior needed not to be shown for any longer time the affairs of this world, but as soon as he turned his eyes to look, he beheld sins reigning, and men made slaves to vice. The devil therefore says unto him, Camest thou to contend with me for dominion? Worship me, and behold, I will give thee the kingdom I hold. Now the Lord would indeed reign, but being righteousness itself, would reign without sin, and would have all nations subject to him, that they might obey the truth, but would not so reign over others, as that he himself should be subject to the devil. Hence it follows, And Jesus answering said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Bede, the devil saying to our Savior, If thou wilt fall down and worship me, receives answer that he himself ought rather to worship Christ as his Lord and God. Cyril, But how comes it that the Son if, as the heretics say, a created being is worshipped, what charge can be brought against those who serve the creature and not the creator? If the Son, according to them, a created being, are we to worship as God? Origin, Or else all these, he says, I would have subject to me, that they might worship the Lord God and serve him alone. But dost thou wish sin to begin from me, which I came hither to destroy? Cyril, this command touched him to the quick, for before Christ's coming he was everywhere worshipped, but the law of God, casting him down from his usurped dominion, establishes the worship of him alone, who is really God. Bede. But someone may ask how this injunction agrees with the word of the apostle, which says, Beloved, serve one another. In the Greek, thulie signifies a common service, i.e., given either to God or man, according to which we are bid to serve one another. But latria is the service due to the worship of the deity, with which we are bid to serve God alone. End of chapter 4, verses 1 through 8.